All right. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic. You guys can be seated. Thank you for worshiping the Lord with us. You know, how many of you guys worship the Lord when you're all by yourself? You guys do that? I do the same thing. I find myself worshiping God when nobody else is around. To be honest, I love it when everybody in my house goes to sleep. Everybody goes to sleep. The house is nice and quiet. Like Manny preached about last week, that steel, that steel, that steel small voice. <laughs> that still small voice. I, I, it seems like I can hear it a lot better when life is quieter around me. But as much as I enjoy worshiping all by myself, there's nothing like worshiping God in a room full of people. Amen. Amen. Fire for worshiping God. Amen. There's nothing like it. God's presence in that room. He inhabits the presence of His praise. So when we worship Him, we attract His presence into this room. If we want to invite friends and have them have a spirit encounter, we've got to be a room full of worshipers. If I want kids from my school to come here and feel the presence of God, they're going to hear the Word. They're, they're, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to pray. They're going to have all of that. But we need to bring the presence into this room. This is why we've been so big on worship around here. It's important for us. And you guys are going to notice that when we get to camp this year. Yeah. When you guys get to camp and you're in a room full of 200 people who are jumping up and down about to blow the roof off that house, you tell me if you feel the presence of, of God in that house. Yeah. yeah. I remember when, a long time ago, when Stefan was a youth pastor, I was, uh, there was a kid in the youth group back then, and I was talking to him about God, and he was like telling me he didn't believe in God, and me being dumb back then, I was trying to argue him into believing in God. <laughs> it wasn't working. It's funny how a 13 year old kid can out smart a full grown man. <laughs> he doesn't really care what you have to say. But that same kid came to camp with me and Stefan that year. And we had a blowout Holy Ghost filled yeah. room. And I'll never forget walking up to that kid who was sitting on the front row. He was just sitting there. Wasn't, no motion showing or anything. And I walked up to him and I said, now do you believe in God? And as soon as I said that to him, he started bawling down his face. He raised his hands. Right. He got up. He prayed. He had an encounter with God in that yeah. hand. And I don't know exactly where that kid is today. But I guarantee you, he never forgot that moment. Right. Yeah. So many times, I just went on Facebook this week and I seen people arguing about whether or not they believe in God. We don't have to argue about that, people. You can reach out and you can find out for yourself. Right. And there's no reason to argue about it. Like, right. You want an experience with God? You you knock and that door will get open. Yeah. You seek and you will find. Right. So the only people who don't believe are people who never looked. Because I looked and I found. <laughs> so tonight. I'm sorry, I'm not preaching on worship. We're going to be talking about the five ways to pray. Five ways to pray. Saul, so you pick out this title, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> anybody, anybody like the song he picked out last week? He was at home sick, he didn't get to hear you. How, how you guys liked it? I thought it was a good song. Good pick. And I want some more good picks from you guys, alright? You guys got some cool songs, send them my way. I know the Thomas boys have. You yep. guys have given me some wild songs, and I've played them, right? Oh, yeah. Well, come on. You don't know Come on, the corn song. What about the, the, song? The, I still cry to In the truck by the river, you need the corn song. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have made me play some wild songs. I like them wild songs. But today we're going to be talking about the five ways to pray. Now, there are a lot of ways to pray. 
So I'm not summing, summing up the entire Bible in this sermon. But I'm going to point out, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about five main ways to pray. Today we watched a video a second ago about the book of Daniel. Did you guys find that a little bit interesting? Mm-hmm. The book of Daniel is pretty crazy. And if you ever hear me quote from Daniel 13, that's the book of me. Mm-hmm. There's only 12 chapters in Daniel. So I'm quoting Daniel 13. That's just, that's just one, of my, that's one of my lines. <laughs> but in that book, there's a point right here where it started in Daniel 6, where Daniel has the whole town turn against him, and they make a law that says that you can't pray. So we're going to look at some different examples, five that I found that we're going to talk about that we see displayed here in this story, no matter of what, 18 scriptures? So we're going to go through them right here. We're going to look at the different ways that Daniel prays just in the matter of these 18 scriptures. So starting in verse 10, but when Daniel learned of the law that had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upper stairs room with his window open towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God for help. So right here in the first, first little passage, I see at least three different examples that I pulled out of the ways that Daniel is praying. Anybody want to try and guess? You guys like guessing me. Daniel, he's asking for what? For help. That's one of the ways that Daniel prays in this, is he's asking for help. What was that? He knelt down. Technically, yeah, he humbled himself. See, he found one I didn't even find. What did you got? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. That's a good one. What were you going to say? Same thing? What were you going to say? Consistently. Consistently. Good job, man. He continually prayed because he was in a relationship with God. So there's a lot here we can unpack. There's a lot going on here. One, what have you been praying about? There's a lot that we, but I want to focus on these three things. First and foremost, for anybody who's like, well, what is praying? And what is praying? You guys hear me, like, Dan's always talking about God talking to him. What's he talking about? What is praying? What is, and I found that the easiest way for me to define what prayer is, is prayer is a conversation between us and God. Mm-hmm. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. Anybody want to add to that? No? Is that covered pretty much? What were you going to add? I was going to say, sometimes you think that it's just a dialogue, but it should be a monologue. You should be listening. The other way. Other way. Yeah, 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 yeah other way. Yeah, sure. You're right. You sound smart. No, yeah. no, you did sound smart. That was great. Because we do. Sometimes in our life we feel like it's more of just a monologue, but it, it should be a dialogue. God should speak back. Yes. Basically, I was, I was going to say, are you saying we should just be quiet? And that, that's good too. Sometimes. That's, that's good too. Sounds it sounds good. Very good. You're right. And there are times that. There are times that I pray and I'm talking to God. So praying is just having a conversation with God. Now, this can happen. In your head, you can talk it out loud. He's a he's a great, powerful God. He can hear what's going on in your in your brain. But it is just simply having a conversation with God. Amen. Now, the Bible says that His sheep will know His voice, and they will. You know, so there will come a point as you grow in your relationship with God, where you will hear His voice, and you'll be able to distinguish what that voice is as opposed to the voice that you always hear in your head. That is the relationship that we grow 
in Christ. But it is prayer at its basic point is you having a conversation with God. Mm -hmm. can, can you have a conversation with your parents? Like, have you ever had a conversation? Mean, we've all had conversations, right? Having a conversation with God, that that's the most simple prayer. So here are the three things that I pointed out. Talking to God, that's the one way he prayed. He definitely just had a conversation with God. He would do it three times a day. He was consistent with it. And he had a relationship. This wasn't just mumbling something over and over three times a day. But this was a time that he spent with God. And that is exactly what prayer is in our life. Prayer is a time where I get to hang out with God. God is in love with you. God wants to spend time with you. And when you're a little bit older, and some of you have already experienced, when you're in love with somebody, you want to spend time with them. You want to talk to them. You want to get to know that person that you're in love with. God has the same thing for us. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to tell him how you feel. He wants a relationship with all of us. And the key to that relationship is prayer. Right. And of course, number three, he wants to know when you need help. Everybody loves that. Guys love it when their wife says, Is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you? Guys, we love it when our, when, I mean, our wives love it when we come home and say, Baby, is there anything I can do for you? I want to, there's a way that I can show my affection to you. God's the same way in our life. A second ago, I just said, if you knock, it will be open to you. Right. If you seek, you will find. Mm -hmm. right. God loves giving us the answer to our prayers. But sometimes the devil will trick us out of pride and out of other reasons not to talk to the person who's in love with us and tell them what we need. Yeah. So, don't ever be afraid to ask God for things you need. I asked him for like a million dollar lottery ticket last night. I don't think I'm going to hear it, but he wanted to hear it. <laughs> he still needed to hear it. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. I'm sure he's up there chuckling. <laughs> but those were three things right in the first sentence. So let's move on to the next scripture, and let's see where this goes from here. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. So these troublemakers, these rabble-rousers, that's a good word, rabble-rouser, they are trying to get Daniel in trouble because they see this relationship that he has with God. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to encounter some people like this in your life. Yeah. That they're not going to like the fact that you've got a closer relationship with God than they do. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to stump you up and make you fall and prevent you from continuing in your relationship with God. Right. But since God wants a relationship with you, they will not be successful the same way they weren't successful with Daniel here. So they go to him and they ask him, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you and your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? And yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians and cannot be revoked. So they're asking them. They didn't go in there and just say, hey, Daniel's out there praying. They went in there and was like, hey, didn't you sign the law saying that nobody can pray? Oh, by the way, they didn't they're praying. So let's go on to the next scripture. We're going to see how the king has to respond to this. So then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, 
is ignoring you and your law, and he still prays to his God three times a day. Mm. Even when the law is against him. Even when the king of this world is telling him not to, he's not going to stop the relationship that he's been building with God. So hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of his day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. This goes to show you too that when you have a relationship with God, you get favor among men. Right, yeah. When you have a relationship with God and you're obedient to His Word, people in high places are going to look at you differently. I've I've practiced this in my life where I've given sacrifices to God and I've been doing the right thing and had my life on track. And the bosses come up to me and they're like, I don't know why, but I got this position I think it would be perfect for. And I knew why. Because there was favor among men. If you're following his word and you're in a relationship with God, he's going to open that up. And that's where we are here. Where even when Daniel's doing something against what the king of this world told him he's allowed to do, the king still in his heart has a place for David. He can't explain it. But for some reason, Daniel has a little bit of favor in his life. So let's take a look at what happens in verse 15 right here. In the evening... The men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law that the king signed can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown down into the lion's den. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Look at that lion's face. Is that a little intimidating? I don't know what it is, but I've been on a lion kick lately. Today I was watching a documentary about a filmmaker who decided to get 120 different big cats. Lions, tigers, panthers, all these crazy huge cats. And he put them all in this set, like a movie set, and tried to shoot a movie. It went really bad. (laughs) 200 people got attacked in the filming of this. It's an interesting story, but I'm like, holy moly, and you're watching me, like, this guy's, like, wrestling around with a 200-pound lion. And I'm like, holy moly, is that dangerous. Like, one little swipe from that lion, there goes your life. And this is exactly the predicament that Daniel finds himself in, all because he prayed. So this isn't a little situation. Has anybody been next to a lion? Nobody's ever, you guys have ever been to the zoo? I'm going to say, we're going to have to do a youth trip to the zoo or something, man. Our kids are COVID does prime our kids of everything. It's a little different than being next to a lion, though. No, you're right. It's a different than being next to a lion. In Kalamazoo, there's a walkthrough zoo that we went to, and I'm not kidding you. You can literally get from like here to the wall away from a real life lion. They got like two fences. But am I lying? The lion literally is. Is he lying? Am I lying? No. <laughs> but seriously, you get that close to it. And it's a different experience. Even when you're at the zoo and you're up close and there's that big sheet of glass in between, you feel a little bit safer. But when you're at that zoo and there's only that little fence in between, you're like, Jesus help the hole. <laughs> but Daniel doesn't have a fence. Daniel's down in a hole with these lions. Mm-hmm. 
And I know I could probably elaborate on that for a long time, and you're still not going to get what I'm talking about. But I'm just going to understand until we're put in a pit with a lion. Then it gets real serious. And this is exactly where Daniel finds himself. And I believe this is where we find our next way to pray. What does the next one say? No, it wasn't. Go back, go back. I was off. I was off. A stone. So he says, may he rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. Now I can't even get out. And the king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. And he refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Now, this is going to bring up a whole other point. I'm sure you guys are going to pick a couple more than what I, what I chose. But well, what type of praying is going on here? Anybody got a guess? Anybody want to throw one out there? Go ahead, man. Intercessory prayer. Ah, it's an intercessory prayer. It is. And you know what? Even the former ways that we talked about could be intercessory prayer. I could be talking to God about you guys. I do that a lot. I could be I could be a continual prayer where it's an ongoing prayer like from our pastor. That's important for his family. And this could also be a prayer for help for someone that I know. So intercessory prayer is when I'm praying on behalf of somebody else. And as Christians who love their brothers and sisters, we definitely should be doing that. But this is a little bit different than just praying for help because Daniel finds himself face to face with a lion. So there's times that I pray and I'm like, God, please let me get that lottery ticket. <laughs> God, please let my favorite basketball team win today. We pray like that, and it's yeah, it's a good prayer. God, it'll help me. God, it'll help me for you to make sure I get a good dinner tonight. You know, those little things that I like and I need, but it's different, and I'm gonna pray different when I'm facing a lion. Right. It's a different type of prayer. It's not just Lord help me. Now it's Lord, you better save me. But Lord, you better come down and bite me right now, or I'm going to be dinner for a lion. So the way that I see in the scripture right here is the fourth way, which is praying for miracles. It's a little bit of a different prayer. When you find out someone you love has cancer, you pray a little bit differently. When I may ask him to help my friend find salvation. I ask him to help my friend who, who needs a job. I help ask him for these... Salvation is a little thing, but I ask him to help me in these ways that I just need help. Then there's another time when my friend's laying in a hospital bed about to die. And at that time, I'm going to pray a little bit differently. But I should be always praying knowing that he's a God who loves me. He's a God who wants the best for me. So I should have faith in what I'm bringing to him. Even when I'm asking for a miracle. Even when I'm face to face with a lion. I should be praying in a way that I know he loves me and he wants to answer that prayer. Because I'm going to tell you what, for Daniel here, in the lion's den, face to face with the lion, I believe Daniel had a lot of faith. I believe Daniel had a lot of faith to be able to stand there and the lion's mouth be closed. But let's look at the next scripture, because now we're going to see what happens when we're praying in that way. When we have a king, or somebody important in our life asking and praying with us. Because in verse 19 it says, Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. Right there shows you there was some expectation. Mm -hmm. 
If, I mean, you think about it. If, if God grabs one of these, someone grabs one of these guys and throws you in the den and puts a rock over with a bunch of hungry lions, I don't really think there's a point in me going back in the next morning and seeing how it ended up. Because you know these lions are going to kill you. But the king had an expectation. The king had been fasting and praying. And I'm going to tell you what, when you fast, when we get into fasting, that's going to be my next sermon. When we get into fasting, the spiritual realm starts to open up. You start to see things spiritually that you don't see in normal life every day. But when you start fasting and you start opening yourself up to that spiritual realm, you look at things a little bit differently, just like this king did. He didn't go back to a pit expecting to see Daniel dead. He went to the pit expecting to see what Daniel's God could do for him. Right, yep, right. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithful, able to rescue you faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions. I'm going to tell you another thing that we see right here. It's not only did he go there expecting, expecting him to, to be alive and he's got to perform a miracle, but he also used his mouth to speak life into the situation. Right. He used his mouth to call out, Daniel, is your living God still faithful? Is he still able to keep you out of the mouth of the lions? And Daniel answered, long live the king. <laughs> was he talking about the king? Or was he talking about the king? The king. <laughs> was he saying, long live the king? Or was he saying, long live the king? <laughs> There's a big difference there. I always see that as, I don't think Daniel's really talking to that king. I think he's saying, long live my king who closed the mouth of the lions. Right. Let's see the next scripture. Because he is talking to the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. And I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overwhelmed and ordered that Daniel be lifted out of the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in God. So even though Daniel was put into this bad situation, even though Daniel should have died, not a scratch was on him because he trusted in God. You guys are going to go through some stuff in your life. You guys are going to walk through some lion dens in your life. But I want to tell you, if you trust in God, you're going to come out of it without a scratch on you. Right. Just like Daniel right, right here. Right. Next scripture real quick. In 26, he said, I declare that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. Boy, I wish our world would hear this scripture. Boy, I wish our president would go on the news tonight and make this statement. But everybody should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He's not dead. He's not imaginary. He's a living God. And he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And his rule will never end. So the same God who's ruling over Daniel's life is the same God that's ruling over our life today. And it was five ways 
that we see in the short passage that Anna prayed. What was the fifth way? We're going to get to it one second. We got two more scriptures. Give me two more, real quick. 27. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. That's why we played that song this morning. We were right before our priest. Not this morning. <laughs> Famous for He closed the mouth of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persians. So what was the fifth way? What was the fifth way that Daniel just prayed? You just crawled out of the lion's den without a scratch on you. Everything in your life that you thought was going to destroy you is now behind you. And now you're standing side by side with the king again. Guess what? The guys who made that law got thrown into the pit. And it says that lions devoured them before they even hit the ground. But not Daniel. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was Daniel, I'd be praising and I'd be worshiping God. Amen. And that's the fifth way that we're going to see right here. This is the fifth way that he prayed, is he prays and he worshiped God. In our lives, that's another way that you better never neglect. neglect. You better never forget. We better offer God praise and worship. Because he's going to be there and save you in the lion's den. He's going to be there when you're in a rough spot. So we better learn how to say thank you. We better learn how to show him that we appreciate the relationship that he has with us. So let's look at all five of them in a row. These are the five ways that we can pray. Everybody, let's stand. How am I doing my time here? Am I doing good? Yeah. You think so? Thank you, Saul. I didn't mean like that. I meant like, what time? Anybody you know what time it is? Our lives is betraying me right now. 